You're listening to the Fortress Church Audio Podcast. We're a church all about loving God and loving people. Let's listen in to our lead pastor, Randy Garcia, from this past Sunday's message. So open up your Bibles and tune in. Psalm 33 verse 12 is the foundation of what we're going to be talking about today. One nation under God. Before we get into our topic today, just want to just say a, a word of thanks to Pastor Dennis and Pastor Matt. They're doing a great job while I'm taking, uh, been taking a few weeks off from the Sunday morning pulpit because I'm on the finishing stages of a new book that we're going to be looking at in mid-August uh, as a church. And uh, sometimes people say, what is, what is God speaking to the church? And I believe the Lord has placed something on my heart that we're, we're going to be going through. Starting in mid-August, our spiritual emphasis, it's going to be good. But I just want to thank Pastor Dennis and Pastor Matt. They've been uh, filling in and do, they do such a great job in ministry. I appreciate that. Psalm 33 <clears throat> says, blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord. Somebody say that with me. Blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord. Let's say that again. Blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord. Well, as I was studying that, because we're approaching the birthday, the Independence Day of our nation, the birthday of our nation, I couldn't help but, uh, but be, I was drawn once again to this passage because I do believe it's a word for America. And as I looked at that, I said, well, what else, what else does Psalm 33 say in addition to verse 12? So for the next few minutes, that's what we're going to look at, Psalm 33. And if indeed we want to claim that blessed, that we are a blessed nation. Do you believe we're a blessed nation? Amen. And we must continue to proclaim that God is Lord. So as we look at this, I just want us to understand um, what the Word of God is saying to us in the fullness. Amen. As we take a moment to pray, we continue to lift up Miguel Moreno's family and Julio Cavazos. For those of you uh, who knew uh, one of our SAPD officers uh, was uh, shot and killed in the line of, uh, of duty a few days ago. And how many know we need to keep those law enforcement officers in our prayer, the family members? I believe Julio Cavazos is uh, in intensive care, recovering. We're praying for his recovery. We're praying for the Moreno family. But aren't we grateful for those who protect us? And, and, and we, just, we just are grateful for them. Amen. Let's give them a hand. And um, let's pray for them. How many know we, we need to pray for them? Father, thank you for the privilege we have to approach your throne at any moment, at any time. And we... We thank you for those who serve, especially in the area of law enforcement. Thank you, Lord. This week was, um, was a challenging week for SAPD as Miguel Moreno went to be with you. And, Father, we just pray for his family and uh, that you would extend to them peace and comfort when they need it the most. We lift up uh, the Cavazos family as Julio is recovering from his injuries. Lord, we just thank you that men and women are standing up to protect we as citizens of San Antonio, and we lift them up. Right now, Lord, we pray your Holy Spirit's anointing on the message. Lord, we want to proclaim this as our word for America. Blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord. And we thank you that we are indeed one nation under God. We ask your Holy Spirit's blessing upon this word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want you to watch this video A man who might have been one of the greatest among the founding fathers, Dr. Joseph Warren, president of the Massachusetts Congress, said to his fellow Americans, 
Our country is in danger, but not to be despaired of. On you depend the fortunes of America. You are to decide the important question which, upon which rests the happiness and the liberty of millions yet unborn. Act worthy of yourselves. Well, I believe we, the Americans of today, are ready to act worthy of ourselves. Ready to do what must be done to ensure happiness and liberty for ourselves, our children, and our children's children. From time to time, we've been tempted to believe that society has become too complex to be managed by self-rule. That government by an elite group is superior to government for, by, and of the people. We are a nation that has a government, not the other way around. And this makes us special among the nations of the earth. Our government has no power except that granted it by the people. It is made up of men and women who raise our food, patrol our streets, man our mines and factories, teach our children, keep our homes, and heal us when we're sick. Professionals, industrialists, shopkeepers, clerks, cabbies, and truck drivers. They are, in short, we the people. Their patriotism is quiet but deep. Their values sustain our national life. With the idealism and fair play, which are the core of our system and our strength, we can have a strong and prosperous America at peace with itself and the world. So with all the creative energy at our command, let us begin an era of national renewal. Let us renew our determination, our courage, and our strength. And let us renew our faith and our hope. It is time for us to realize that we are too great a nation to limit ourselves to small dreams. We will again be the exemplar of freedom and a beacon of hope for those who do not now have freedom. We are a nation under God, and I believe God intended for us to be free. I agree. We are one nation under God, and God intended us to be free. Many people come to America because it's a land of opportunity. And as I look back on one of our great presidents, Abraham Lincoln, I saw that this is, he's a great example of opportunity. Abraham Lincoln was, um, was born in poverty. He was faith, faced with many defeats in his life. But uh, he was an overcomer. And that's what we Americans can be as overcomers. Let me give you a synopsis of the things that he had to go through because we only kind of see the, the end result. For example, in 1816, Abraham Lincoln, his family was forced out of their home and he, was, uh, he had to work to support them. In 1818, his mother died. In 1831, he lost his job. In 1832, he ran for state legislator and lost. In 1833, he signed a note to begin a business, and by the end of the year, it went bankrupt. He spent much of the next several years paying off that debt. In 1834, he ran for state legislator, and again, uh, this, this time he, he won. 1835, he was engaged to be married, and his sweetheart died, and he was left with a broken heart. In 1836, he had a total nervous breakdown. In 1838, he sought to become the speaker of the state legislator. He was defeated. 
1843, he ran for Congress based on his uh, uh, party's nomination, but he lost that. In 1846, he ran for Congress, and this time he won. In 1848, he ran for re-election to Congress, but he lost his party's nomination. In 1849, he sought for the appointment of position of land officer in his home state. It was, um, it was an appointed position, but he was rejected. In 1854, he ran for Senate of the United States, and he lost. In 1856, he was nominated for vice president by his party's national convention, but he didn't get that nomination. In 1858, he was nominated for the U.S. State Senate. Again, he lost. Then in 1860, Abraham Lincoln was elected the president of the United States, and he was um, indeed one of the best presidents we ever, ever had in our nation. One of his most famous speeches was called the Gettysburg Address. And I'd like to just take the last sentence of that to remind us and encourage us. What did he say that still should hold true today? The last portion says this, that this nation, he says, under God, somebody say under God, shall have a new birth of freedom and that the government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. That was, of course, Abraham Lincoln, what he said at the Gettysburg Address on November the 19th, 1863. And once again, he was one of the greatest presidents of the United States. But we do know that he was a man of faith. In fact, let me give you this quote. He said this, I've been driven many times upon my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. My own wisdom and that of all about me seemed insufficient for that day. These words of encouragement from great men and women of God remind me that we live in a great nation, that we are one nation under God. And I see a beautiful correlation in Psalm 33 when we read, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. So as we continue to develop Psalm 33 and develop verse number 12, what else does God's word say that you and I can apply to understand that we indeed are one nation under God? Number one, we are blessed with God's inheritance. We are blessed with God's inheritance. The second part of verse 12 says this. Well, I'll read the first part. Blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord. And then it says, the people he chose for his inheritance. Is there anybody here who likes inheritance, all right? We we like inheritance. Now, you may say, but I don't have a rich uncle and I don't have a whole lot coming to me. Well, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, yes, you do. Amen. You do have an inheritance. And it says right here, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. If you have personally made God your Lord, then I've got some good news for you. You've got an inheritance coming. Amen. You've got an, and you know, there's, now your inheritance may not be a whole lot here on this earth, but how many know I'd rather have my inheritance in heaven. Amen. Where we can walk the streets of gold. And we will be in our mansion. I'll tell you what, a lot of people focus on inheritance here on earth. Nothing wrong with that. But I believe we need to focus a little bit more on what we're going to get when we get into the presence of the Lord in heaven. So right here we learn from Psalm 33, 12 that we are blessed with God's inheritance. I love Benjamin Franklin's quote. He said this, here is my creed. I believe in one God, the creator of the universe, that he governs it by his providence that he ought to be worshipped. Amen. You have an inheritance. You know, you are rich in Christ Jesus. Do I hear an amen to that? You have something to look forward to. But if you don't make Jesus Christ as Lord, 
then your inheritance just, it isn't there, all right? Number two, we are blessed with God's protection. We are blessed with God's protection. Let's go down to verse 13 here in Psalm 33. It says, from heaven the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place he watches all who live on earth. Just to know that God has his eye upon us, it means the world. God has his eye upon you, my friend, and his protection is all over you. He watches your coming, he watches your going. That's what Psalm 121 says. He has you in the palm of his hands. He knows everything about you. He knows what is going to happen to you. We may as well trust in him as our Lord and Savior. His eye is upon you. Just like his eye is on the sparrow, he watches over you. Amen. We are blessed with God's protection. Andrew Jackson, President Andrew Jackson said this, The Bible is the rock on which our republic rests. And I love to say things like that because indeed, our government, our nation was founded on Christian principles. One nation under God. It's exemplified this Christian influence in the Pledge of Allegiance. We probably said that when we were growing up and recited that. We probably know that by memory. And I couldn't help but uh, be reminded of uh, a great, great little monologue by Red Skelton back in 1969. He said this in reference to the Pledge of Allegiance. And maybe we can understand this a little deeper. I want you to watch this from Red Skelton. I remember a teacher that I had. Now, I, only, I, went, I went through the seventh grade. I went to the seventh grade. And I left home when I was 10 years old because I was hungry. And I used to, this is, this is true. I work in the summer and I go to school in the winter. But I had this one teacher. He was the principal of the Harrison School in Vincennes, Indiana. To me, this was the greatest teacher, a real sage of, of my time, anyhow. He had such wisdom. And we were all reciting the Pledge of Allegiance one day. And he walked over, this little old teacher. Mr. Laswell was his name. Mr. Laswell. And he says, uh, He says, I've been listening to you boys and girls recite the Pledge of Allegiance all semester, and it seems as though it's becoming monotonous to you. If I may, may I recite it and try to explain to you the meaning of each word. I, me, an individual of a committee of one, pledge, dedicate all of my worldly goods to give without self-pity, allegiance, my love and my devotion to the flag, our standard, O glory, a symbol of freedom. Wherever she waves, there's respect. Because your loyalty has given her a dignity that shouts, freedom is everybody's job. United. That means that we have all come together. States. Individual communities that have united into 48 great states. 48 individual communities with pride and dignity and purpose all divided with imaginary boundaries, yet united to a common purpose, and that's love for country. And to the republic, republic, 
a state in which sovereign power is invested in representatives chosen by the people to govern. And government is the people, and it's from the people to the leaders, not from the leaders to the people, for which it stands. One nation, one nation, meaning so blessed by God, indivisible, incapable of being divided with liberty, which is freedom, the right of power to live one's own life without threats, fear, or some sort of retaliation. And justice, the principle or qualities of dealing fairly with others. For all, for all, which means boys and girls, it's as much your country as it is mine. And now, boys and girls, let me hear you recite the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Since I was a small boy, two states have been added to our country and two words have been added to the Pledge of Allegiance under God. Wouldn't it be a pity if someone said that is a prayer and that would be eliminated from schools too? One nation under God. Somebody say that with me. One nation under God. We are still one nation under God. Psalm 33 teaches not only are we blessed with God's inheritance, not only are we blessed with God's protection, but number three, we are blessed with hope. We are blessed with hope. Let's go down to verse 20. Once again, we're in Psalm 33, and Scripture says this. We wait in hope for the Lord, for he is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, O Lord, as we put our hope in you. What is an American? An American is English, French, Italian, Irish, German, Spanish, Polish, Russian, Nigerian, Greek, an American may also be Mexican, African, Indian, Chinese, Japanese, Australian, Iranian, Asian, or Native American. It doesn't matter where you were born or what color of skin you have or the language you learned as a child. It is not a coincidence that God has you right here in the United States of America. An American is from the most prosperous land in the history of the world. The root of prosperity can be found in the Declaration of Independence, which recognizes that God the God-given right of each man and woman to pursue happiness. An American is generous. Americans have helped out just about every other nation in the world during their time of need. Americans are ordinary individuals like you and I. Many were working one morning in the Twin Towers on September 11, 20, 2001, earning a better life for their families. What makes America great are the people, teachers who are willing to invest their lives to educate the next generation. 
medical personnel who are willing to work long hours to make sure we get the best of medical attention. Law enforcement officers who are willing to put their lives on the line to protect the citizens. Military personnel in the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, and Coast Guard who are willing to give up their personal dreams to make it their career to serve our nation and protect our land. Ordinary people is what what makes America great. People like you and I who enjoy singing the Star-Spangled Banner and reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. We are still one nation under God. And as Psalm 33.20 says, we have hope. We are blessed with hope. President Woodrow Wilson once said this, America was born in a Christian was born a Christian nation. America was born to exemplify that devotion to the elements of righteousness which are derived from the revelations of the holy scripture. Even simple things like how many of you, well I'm not going to ask you for a raise of hands. Any of you like to text on your on your uh, smartphone? Well, let me tell you about the first text message. It was actually in 1844, May the 24th to be exact because it was a Morse code telegraphic message that was sent from the U.S. Capitol to Baltimore, Maryland. And what did it contain? The very first text message back in 1844? It was Morse code, but it's still a text message, right? It it was a quote from Scripture, from Numbers 23, 23, and from Matthew 10, 19. That said, if a sparrow falls to the ground without a definite purpose in the plans of infinite wisdom... Can the creation of the instrumentality so vitally affecting the interest of the whole human race have an origin less humble than the father of every good and perfect gift? Reference to James 1.17. So just remember that. The very first text message via Morse code, right, was actually a scripture. Wouldn't it be great if we continued text messaging today and send people scriptures that would encourage others? Praise God for Samuel F.B. Morse who created the Morse code. And uh, his faith was definitely in the Lord God Almighty reciting, reciting um, scriptures. Back in 1917, World War II, uh, I'm sorry, World War uh, I, rather, was a nation coming together as one nation under God. Our United States Postal Service created a postage stamp that said this, Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. God bless my brother gone to war across the seas in France so far. Oh, may his flight for, fight for liberty save millions more than little me from cruel fates or ruthless blast and bring him home at last. That was actually a, a postage stamp back many years ago, and um, it was still a reference to, you know, uh, God is still running this nation. So today, or rather on Tuesday of this week, rather, we celebrate our nation's birthday, our Independence Day. 241 years old. But today I encourage you, let's pray for our nation. In fact, that's what we're doing on 714, as we said earlier. 714 is a reference to 2 Chronicles 714, which makes it a promise that if we pray, if we seek God's face, if we turn from our wicked ways, what will God do? He will hear our prayer. He will, he will heal our land. So I invite you to join us as we pray for our nation Friday 714, which is a week from Friday. But we, as I look at all these things that have happened and realize we are blessed as a nation. And for those of you who like history, you may wonder, well, how did this nation start? Why did this nation start? If you look at the history of our nation, I'll tell you why this nation began. Because people were looking for a place that they can freely worship God. Why? Because the United States of America 
has always been a place of hope, a place of hope where people can worship God. Are there problems in our nation? Yes, there is. Do we need to pray for our nation? Yes, we do need to do that. But this nation is still a place of hope. And as we read from Psalm 33, we are blessed with hope. Let me give you a brief history. Very quickly, the pilgrims journeyed to America in 1620. One of the primary reasons was because they wanted religious freedom. They wanted to worship God. Praise God for that. In, the 16, in 1630, 20,000 Puritans seeking religious freedom came to America. In 1632, government persecuted Catholics came to America. In 1654, persecuted Jews from Portugal came to America. In 1680, persecuted Quakers came to America. In 1683, persecuted Anabaptists from Germany came to America. In 1685, up to 400,000 persecuted Protestants from France came to America. Hopefully you're getting the picture here. Why were all these people from all over the world coming to America? Because this is one nation under God, and we have the freedom to worship the Lord God Almighty. These people were looking for hope. We are a nation of hope. Do you realize that? We are a nation of hope. We are blessed with hope. That's why in not only the United States constitutions, but the constitutions when they were uh, derived from many of the states had to make sure it was in there that we would have the freedom to worship, religious freedom. So in 1776, when we became, according to the Declaration of Independence, one nation under God, separated from Great Britain, We wanted to make sure, I say we, because our founding fathers wanted to make sure that we had the privilege and the right to worship the Lord God Almighty. Because still, there is hope right here in America. There is hope right here in America. Today, my friend, we have to deal with terrorism, not only in America, but around the world. We need to pray. But I will say this, there is hope in God. Do we have to deal with declining morals of our nation? Yes, we do. That is reality. But I'm here to say we still have hope in America because we have hope in God. That's why. That's why I say there's hope in America because we are still one nation under God. Do the laws protect the unborn? No, no, they don't always do. But we are still one nation under God. How do you deal with innocent police officers being murdered? I don't like it. I I hate it. But you know what? We still have hope because we are one nation under God. Once again, Psalm 33, verse 20, we wait and hope for the Lord, for he is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. So I ask you today, Are you doubly blessed like I am? I like to say I'm doubly blessed. I'm an American, and I'm a Christian. And I'm blessed because I'm an American, but I'm really blessed because I'm a Christian. And here we read once again from from, uh, Psalm 33. Blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord. There is hope. There is hope. And on a personal level, maybe you're dealing with something in your life today as you've come into God's house today. I want to encourage you with the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Maybe 
you're having to deal with, finan- with financial challenges, even if you're having to deal with financial challenges. I'm telling you today, you can have hope in a relationship with the Lord. Maybe there's stress at work. There is hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe, maybe uh, you're having to deal with, with disease or sickness or cancer or death or so many things that life throws at you and I. There is still hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we, because we are one nation under God, for those of us who identify ourselves with the United States of America, we're kind of putting ourselves under the umbrella of God's blessing, God's inheritance, God's protection, and God's favor. I don't know about you, but this is exactly where I want to be. God has you here in the United States of America. Today, let's bless God. Amen? Would you stand with me right now? Thank you, Lord. Lord, right now we come before you in the mighty, powerful, wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Lord, as we took a few minutes to reflect on the history of our great nation, we understand, Lord God, that this nation was founded on biblical principles by men and women who took a stand for righteousness and took a stand, Lord God, for your word in our nation. Thank you, Lord, that we have always been a nation where people flock to this country because they are looking for hope, hope to worship God Almighty, hope because, Lord, they didn't find it elsewhere, so they're looking for it right here in our great country. Lord, I just pray right now. I pray right now for our nation. Yes, there are problems. Yes, there's situations that we're having to deal with. But, Lord, we still have hope because we are still one nation under God. We are still one nation under God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray for every individual because maybe there's individuals in this place who have lost hope. And I just pray that your, the spirit of hope would be upon every one of us in the name of Jesus. With your head bowed and eyes closed, I ask you, are you struggling with hope right now? Maybe things are, have not been looking on the up and up. I understand. There's hope, and it's found in Jesus Christ. Hope is found in none other than Jesus Christ. And that's why we're here. We want to encourage you to lead you to the hope in the Lord. We're going to take some time to pray. There are prayer partners to my right and to my left. We would love the privilege of praying with you, praying over you. And in the name of Jesus, we're going to believe for you to grab hold of God's hope. The altars are open. If you want to get alone with God here, it's come on by. The Lord wants to talk to you. In your prayer time, perhaps you want to join with us. There's a few prayer points that we have here based on our message today, One Nation Under God. Maybe you can join with us in agreement. But for the next few minutes, let's pray. Thank you for listening to this audio podcast. Fortress Church is located in San Antonio, Texas, near Bandera and Pru Road. For more information, check us out at www.fortresschurch.org.